Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> Somebody's got a case of the Mundus. Because he has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, April 30th, 2012, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 16-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhard, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. It's not okay. Not okay. That 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got Got cancer? Under 40. Sucks, huh? Time to get busy living, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world. One chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show, Giving Back the Right Way. We're going to tell you all about it with our special guest, Kimberly Novosel. She's a young adult cancer advocate and the co-founder of Giving Back is the New Black, along with Heather Anderson, who is also co-founder of Giving Back is the New Black. And kicking it off in our Survivor Spotlight, Megan Weiner, young adult survivor Hodgkins, and Rachel Sutliff, young adult survivor non-Hodgkins. The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of Stupid Cancer, also known as the NC Young Feathers Cancer Foundation, online every day at stupidcancer.org. We are not your father's cancer society, no. but we are bringing the cause, preach it, Lisa, Our. of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight. Curse you. Where it belongs. So welcome aboard another fun-filled and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. And a stupid cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes. Download us for free. It's automatic. It's easy. On iTunes as we broadcast live as we do every Monday night here at 8 p.m. E.T. from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. And the final reminder that the Stupid Cancer Show has a live interactive chat room during each and every live broadcast. So we invite you to join in the fun Connect with our friends and ask questions of our guests. And to our self-ingratiating applause. Yay! Hello, Lisa. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Kenny. What up, what up? How's it going, Red? It's going good. Yeah? Yeah, you guys have issues, though. We, what? we have major issues. With that opening sequence. What are you talking about? Just your, what are you talking uh, about, Kenny? What kind of medicine would you like me to tell you I'm taking? <laughs> You're critiquing your host? They haven't made it yet. <laughs> you, you need a combo sustained release. 
something. I need I need a ginger uptake re inhibitor. I beg your pardon. Yes. <laughs> I'll work on that. Are you going to be rocking the ginger beard all through the summer? In the summer uh, heat? No, no, no. I should grow it out just so I can. I was going to say your tan is fading. Well, that one shade of beige darker you became right. from your vacation is now gone. No, but the thing is, his freckles are all connecting now. <laughs> yeah. So he will soon be the color of one giant freckle. He's like a highlights magazine, you know, puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Only Lisa and I got yeah. that. See what you get for telling us that our routine needs a little bit of spiffing up. Yeah, I'm going back to Facebook. We're, back. We're on the attack. <laughs> yeah, go back to your social media thing you do, kid. Yeah, what the crazy <sighs> kids out there are doing. Well, we want to send our love to James Manning. He is uh, under the weather this week. Wish him well. Reverend Dr. James Manning, who is not a reverend or a doctor. Well, we call him a reverend, Dr. James Manning. we like to. Because we like to. Yeah. So peace out, James. Wish and you well. And he you know, seems very authoritative at times for his tender young age of whatever no, he but is. He asks really pointed questions every now and then. He's a bright young man. He has no he has, fear. He has, he has no fear. He asks very good questions. Right. He's a serious young man. And he's shorter than me, which is important for me <laughs> and my ego. Right. Yes. That's, why you, that's why you let him in the door. Listen, Matt. <laughs> We've got to love the Nashville accent. That wasn't Mia. a Nashville accent. I don't know what Mia. that was. That was All right. Well, we have Nashville in the house tonight, and they'll, they'll, they'll show us how, how um, horrible they speak. No. No? What's wrong with you? I'm just angry today. No, I'm not really angry well, Don't today. take it out on nice Nashville folks. No, I like Nashville. I like Nashville because Kenny likes Nashville. There we go. Nashville's a great place. Yeah. It always is a great place. All right. Let's talk about our sponsor. Speaking of great people. Who? And great places. I don't people know. Were, people pay for the show? I, I don't know. That's what you told me. We must be losing. Did you make, did you make this up? Yeah. Uh, people actually did. <laughs> We'd like to thank the, what is it, the Wacky Weevil Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube Guy. And the Crazy Daisy. Right. <laughs> um, what if we just started naming huge corporations and just saying, could we guilt them into being our sponsors? ExxonMobil. <laughs> We'd like to thank IBM. Thank right. you so much for that grant of a million dollars. Yes, exactly. Yeah. As I wear my gold-plated necklace. <laughs> Bernie Madoff, LLC. <laughs> right, thank you. Apple, thank you so much. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, no, these people actually did give us cold, hard cash. Yes, they do. And, and they are? And they are. Drum roll, please. Eli Lilly and Company, Volkswagen, Amgen, and Spencer's. Very nice. They get a round of applause. Yes, they do. Thank you to our fabulous Thank sponsors. you very much. We do appreciate it. Yeah. We mean that sincerely and earnestly. Now, unlike the first Descent uh, event that we did uh, on the radio show a year and a half ago, where we had 26 people in the room, this time, eight, 18. 18 people in the room. Close. We have nine people in the room tonight. We like it. And it's actually not that hot in here. No. Oh, bite your words. <laughs> <laughs> Just my words, huh? Yeah. Thanks, Kenny. So all your tongue and bite your words. Yes, exactly. No, it's quite com- comfortable in well, here. Well, in addition to our, our, our wonderful in-studio, all of our guests, we're in studio tonight, but they all brought friends. Mm-hmm. So we want to welcome in the house. Where's Matt Beckett? All right, he's he's got a, a, a he's gesturing for radio. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Beckett is one of our new interns. Love him. We're very excited to have him. He came very to the OMG Summit, young adult survivor. He was on the plane back with me. He shared Lisa's flight. Yes. yes. Very wow. very romantic. <laughs> His mom <laughs> was there. Okay, not not so romantic. We had to okay. tone it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have Greg Stevens, the illustrious Greg Stevens of uh, the CML Society, who yeah. you may know from the Stupid Cancer Road Trip yes. uh, stop in uh, Burlingham, Alabama. He's waiting. Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. Burlingham is Vermont. We, sh- we shared a, a plate of hummus. It was yes. very romantic. <laughs> very romantic. The CML Society. He's waving. We don't have the visuals anymore. No, yet, but, no. And yeah. he's got a face for radio anyway. So. And he told he said something very funny. <laughs> I love you, Greg. 
What did, what did he tell you? That He's funny? a handsome man. He is a he handsome said, man. What's the, he said, speaking of the South, he said, what's the plural of y'all? Do you know what the answer to that is? Y'alls? All y'all. All y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. You do learn something every day, and as a result, I just forgot something important. So. What was right. My, One thing goes, what am I doing here? Right. That's funny, though. I just lost long division. <laughs> you didn't need that anyway. No, we need the long division. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I, I have a very special Keep announcement going. to make. What? With, the, with the rest of the guests in the house. Yeah, that's, oh, that's have, what Matt lost. we got Papa's here. we oh, got Dad's right, okay, here. Okay, okay. All right, Megan Wiener's dad. Uh, Jeff Wiener's here. Woo-hoo! Jeff Wiener. All the way, all the way from Long Island. Well, oh, I feel bad for you guys. That's <laughs> All the way from Long Island. But uh, I, I do want to give a special announcement tonight. This is incredibly important. Because wait, there's more people in the room. No, there aren't. Who else? Well, actually, those are our show guests. The we guests. Can wait. We can wait. And the guests them. are in the room. Yeah. All right, continue. All right, Kenny, you announce. Who else is in the room? <laughs> Kenny, make-believe make make friends. Not the two people that you're about to talk about. No, the two people I'm about to talk about not Kenny's in the room. Kenny's sock puppet. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> that, that gets a what? We just lost all of our sponsors now. <laughs> but but Spencer, oh, Spencer's is doubling their money. And Crank Yankers is now a sponsor. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm happy to say that today is April 30, 2012, and two years ago today, yep, someone ripped open my wife's stomach <laughs> and pulled out two beautiful little children who are two years old today. Hannah, Rachel Greenzweig, and Kobe Evan Greenzweig are two years old today. Lovely. And you had a party for them this weekend, right? We had a party yesterday for them. Friends and family came over. And more like family well, and I. More like family and Kenny. Yeah. Family and Ginger. So they get they get this. Big time. For being official start of the terrible twos. <laughs> so most excellent. I think were, I'm I think I'm most impressed that you haven't like rolled over on them in your sleep and <laughs> we don't co sleep. Those parents that co sleep, I don't get that. No. I, yeah. I I'm scared of that. They all say like, Oh, your your in your inner intuitions will prevent you from squishing them, but Did, I don't didn't care. You, didn't you co swaddle? No, 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 no. They they were in like a, you didn't wrap yourself up in a giant blanket. I would have put them in a bank vault. I was so scared of anything at this point. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, happy birthday, Hannah and Kobe. Happy so birthday, before Hannah we Kobe. before we get to our guests, let's talk about a little cancer related news, shall we? Why cancer related? I don't know. I just you know figured I'd toss that out there. You are so innovative. I I know. Leave it to me. Go uh, on. So there's in the New York Times has interesting review of two different two new books. Um, one is called Malignant. Uh-huh. That's an uplifting title. If you know, ever heard one? Wait, let me let me try to be happy about that. Figure, figure out what that one's about. Yeah, and the other one is memoir of a debulked woman. Now the malignant title debulked? is yeah debulked because she had oh debulked. She was she had her insides removed, uh, but she had ovarian cancer, we don't so need she inside. had she had much of inside much of that area yeah. removed. Okay. Um, but she has written the New York Times has a staggering searing. Uh, memoir, but I want to get to the first book. The first book is interesting because it's a, a bunch of doctors, and we've had doctors on the show who become patients when they get diagnosed, and how interesting and different their perspective yes. changes when you are used to being somebody who treats others, and suddenly the shoe's on the other foot, so to speak, and how that really changes their perspective. And these two doctors are not sort of hands-on doctors in that regard; they're ethicists, and so they're constantly grappling of these uh, questions obviously, of ethical questions in the medical community. And one doctor, it's a, this book is a series of essays, and one doctor really is of the firm belief, belief as an ethicist 
that in the doctrine of it's your body and you alone decide what happens to it. But as a patient, she had oral cancer. She got herself into serious trouble wielding that autonomy, says the New York Times. Unable to eat or drink, she firmly refused a feeding tube until she almost starved to death. What was the point of that, though? Finally, her caretaker strong-armed her into changing her mind, and she eventually made a full and grateful recovery. So interesting, she's been preaching, you know, do what you want, do what you want. She said, I'm going to do what I want, and then suddenly it was like, uh-oh, I think I'm going to die. If by by sticking to but the why, doctrine, but why why would she do what she want in why why would doing what she, she want involve dying? Well, I guess she didn't feel like it was going to involve dying, but suddenly it did. I haven't read the book. I'm reading the New York Times review, well, then, so the I don't know. She did what she wanted to do. Then she faced her mortality and made a choice to do what she had to do, not what, what she, she wanted to do. I guess what she had to do. Yeah. And the other uh, there's another ge- gentleman who contributed to this book, who is a philosopher who directs the division of medical ethics at Harvard Medical School. He had prostate cancer at 63, and he has always. Uh, He's always sort of preached against um, sort of having too many uh, tests, I guess. Let me get it. Oh, yeah, tests are terrible. Yeah, no, actually, tests just wreck your day. This, this is somebody else. I'm sorry. This is this is a doctor from the University of Wisconsin in the bioethics program, and he regular he deplores our national pastime of wasteful and unnecessary medical testing. Yet, as a patient, he writes, he has personally benefited enormous, enormously from just such testing with not one, not two, but three separate illnesses diagnosed with entirely unwarranted tests, leaving him with a bad case of what he calls, quote, hypocrite's guilt. That's like the guy that hates the movie they didn't see. No? Cricket? No, what? <laughs> Titanic 3D? I didn't have to see. Um, like... I guess that's sort of along the lines of that. No, well, like, it is hypocritical. Right. So well, that's hypocritical, right. It's hypocritical. He's being a hypocritical see. hypocrite. Yes. He's doubling down he, on his yes. own hypocrisy. So now he's, right, he's, so he spent his, his entire life saying, oh, tests are unnecessary, but he went for these unnecessary tests, and, and they found three different illnesses, and now he's suffering hypocrisy. So has he changed his tune? Again, I don't know because I haven't read the book. I'm reading the review. But this is just the interesting. This is this this book, Malignant, is all about, like I said, not sort of. We need to get this on, kind of show and on, grill him. Yeah, not oncologists, not people who are actually, which we've had often on the show, right. who are hands-on treating people. These people struggle with or ponder the ethical medical right. questions it's of the like, day, like and the, then find themselves in you, the position of having right. to go back on. It's like their smoking's work. not going to kill me until you get lung cancer. You stop smoking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so lovely. maybe we should have them on the show to explore this further. I think that's a great topic. idea. No, we got to get people in the hot seat. Yeah. Definitely. Well. All right. Well, let's get to our uh, our survivor spotlight tonight. Megan Weiner. Is a Weiner or a Weiner? Weiner. Weiner. Just okay. answer that, Matthew. I don't remember anything that I do ever. Man had a brain tumor. Yeah. Shut up. What? Megan Weiner graduated the BA in communications in May of 2011. Wow. One year survivor of college from Towson University which I drive past every time I go to D.C. Uh, following graduation, that had no relevancy whatsoever. Um, while she was working, she didn't feel well, uh, spent the summer going to doctors for countless tests, finally diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, stage four, because if you're going to do it, do it right, I suppose. Treated at Columbia Presbyterian Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital in September 2011. Uh, she's here with us tonight, avid Yankees fan and a Giants fan. I guess the New York Giants are now in San Francisco, so I assume you're meaning football Giants. Um, loves to travel. Being involved with Sorority, she's here to tell us all about her crazy story. Uh, please welcome Megan Weiner. 
Are we doing we're doing them together, aren't we? Or no, no, no. Rachel's okay. second. Sorry. Hang Hi, on, guys. Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Megan. How are you? Good Great, evening. How are you? Good, good. So you 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 dragged your dad along from Long Island. Yeah, I had to. Okay. I was gonna say Long Island. Long Island. It's Long Island. Long Island. Or, not to be confused with Strong Island. Strong what? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Kenny's from Islip. So I always give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. All right. So you are a student. Was a student. Well, you were a student, yeah. living your life, big hopes and dreams. Yeah, looking for a job and wasn't feeling well while I was in the end of school before I graduated. And well, what does not feeling well mean? I had a funny Because drunk doesn't count. <laughs> no, I wasn't drunk. I had a funny rash all over my body, and I wanted to see what was going on. Wasn't feeling well. None of my friends had this funny rash all over. So I came home from school. My mom saw me, actually, at graduation. Noticed I had dropped, like, a ton of weight. But I was still, like, eating junk food, like bagels, McDonald's, and still losing a ton of weight. I was like, oh, look, I'm it's walking. the best diet ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we came home, I graduated and everything, and I came home, started seeing dermatologists, regular doctors. I actually went back to my pediatrician for, like, blood work just to get going what, to see what was going on. And they pretty much diagnosed me at that point with anemia. And huh. I kind of figured I was tired. I was working borders before it closed, uh, about 50 hours a week as a part-time worker, and I was like, oh, I'm just tired from working so many hours, no big deal. And I continued all summer to not feel well, tired all the time, weak, couldn't function as properly at work. My back started hurting all of a sudden. You were a hot mess. Yeah, pretty okay. much to explain it. <laughs> and continued seeing doctors going through numerous blood work tests, test after test. No one could figure out what it was. Symptoms were very slow occurring. And started getting night sweats, feeling more uh, more awful, I guess is the word. I think awfuler. <laughs> awfuler. Yeah. And figuring out that something wasn't right. And we looked into more doctors, and they determined whether it be hematology or gastro, and they decided it would be hematology work. And finally, a lymph node appeared on my the front of my neck and the back of my neck. Didn't grow very much, kind of strung, was kind of small all summer, and then I actually was about, this is fast forward to almost mid-August, late August, when I moved my sister into Buffalo for school, all of a sudden the lymph nodes all over my neck started growing, and I called the hematologist, he's like, oh, I don't want to see you till after Labor Day, I said, no, you have to see me now, <laughs> well, good like, for you. Yeah. My, yeah. the lymph nodes are humongous, and I was seeing chiropractors, because my back was hurting all summer, I right. It was to the point where I was exercising at like three in the morning to stretch out muscles. So this is this so. is the young adult story: the misdiagnoses, yeah. the not being taken seriously, right. the, everything we talked about in Vegas at the conference, and the right. the plight of why young adults are often diagnosed at stage four, which it turns out you were. Right. What was the sort of the the the, the crowning moment when they said, "All right, wow, this is the test you have to have," and like an hour later they said you have autism. Um. Well, basically, I came home with the lymph nodes that were. Literally looked like I had gained 200 pounds on the side of my left face. It was all on my neck. That's the new thing, though. It's a trend. You yeah. know, it, it, that, that's hot now. Oh, I'm glad. J-Lo does that. <laughs> no. And they basically said they would give me antibiotics that weekend. They said if it didn't go away, they were doing surgery on me and figuring out, testing me exactly what was going on. 
Well, the lymph nodes were too big. The anesthesiologists weren't happy with going right. through the neck, so they wanted to do a needle biopsy. Ended up going through a needle biopsy, and they pretty much determined at that point I was Hodgkin stage four. Now, this was you were at Columbia Presbyterian at this point, I was, or I was currently at Winthrop Hospital. Okay. And we decided to get a second opinion. That's on Long Island. Yeah, that's yeah. on Long Island in right. Mineola. We and, forgive you. <laughs> and wanted a second opinion, and they said for the doctor, they prescri- They all told me to use um, Dr. Kara Kelly in Columbia, and because I was going through pediatrics, it was very hard because I'm 22. Yeah. I'm at that age where you're not supposed to be a pediatric right, anymore. Right, right at the cusp well, there. That's yeah, story. that's yeah. Matthew's we, story, yeah, totally. Well, you're not with geriatrics, yeah. but you're with little kids. Right, yeah. and they're like, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to be with kids that are, you know, growing and running around and living life rather than an 80-year-old guy who's right. not yeah. going to live his life as much because he's dying. Right. So through a huge amount of work at the hospital that they did behind the scenes, I was I met with Dr. Tara Kelly that day, and about a week later, they're like, oh, you're going to start chemotherapy. And I was like, but I have job searching to do. They're like, not anymore. No, like, your life you has to, to stop like, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How dare you think that you can <laughs> just see this as a speed bump? And as my parents say now, if I really didn't want to look for a job, I could have thought of another way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What a way to stick around, stay in the stay in the womb there. Yeah. With the, with the folks. Well, my dad was really excited to have me finally graduate and go home, and and, and leave the home and go to California. I was going three thousand miles away. Yeah. And then I wound up one mile away. Yeah. <laughs> back in my so, bedroom. So speaking of that, so how is because your dad's here with us tonight? How was it for you? Because you really are at that place, and a lot of young adults struggle with this, where you're sort of like about to really fly the coop. But then, you know, as I did, I mean, I moved back in, I was 29, but moved back in and really, you know, rested and took care of myself back in my old, you know, bedroom in my parents' house. So it sounds like your folks were pretty involved. And how yeah, is that for you to um, sort of think, well, I'm, a, I'm an adult, but yet, you know. <laughs> well, I was away for school for four years. Yeah. So it was, I, I kind of thought I would move back home maybe until I found a job, but not like for as long as I thought. Yeah. And my parents and my both sides of my family were amazing. They yeah. all like were like hands on with it. They're like, as one of our friends said, it's like Megan Super Bowl. You're either in or you're out. <laughs> nice. So pretty much my family was all hands on. Everybody was awesome, you know, yeah. for holidays and stuff because I was in and out of hospitals for three out of the first four rounds of treatments. Uh, three of them were I was hospitalized for. So like it was like right before Thanksgiving, like. I ended up coming home that morning, and, like, my family was there with all the food and everything, so that was nice. Like, my family was amazing with this. It was very difficult because it was the fact that I couldn't go out and do anything like my friends were. Right. I'm 23. I was 22, so I was like, oh, I can go. I can't go hang out at bars anymore. I can't go out to dinner anymore. When your counts go down, you're in the house. Right. Like, and I remember going around out to the stores with my mask on. Like, yeah. if they were like a good it was if it was a good week i'd have my mask on people were like what is going on with this girl i'm like it's not me i'm afraid of it's you i'm afraid of and all (laughs) your germs exactly so it was it was awesome my sister was away at school so it was hard on her but she was busy with school just the two of you yeah Yeah. just me and my younger sister she's 19 right and um my parents were awesome i mean they pretty much as my parents like to say, I played the cancer card real well, nice. and I that stopped as soon as I was um, finished treatments. I was um, officially told by my doctor February 16th of this year 
that I was cancer free. So as soon as that, yeah, exactly. So as soon as that finished, the cancer card stopped. No more. Dad, can you get me a drink? I'm too tired. Did you have ABVD? Mm -mm. What was your treatment? Uh, It was called Be a Cup. It's It's tight. Yeah, exactly. So it was different chemotherapies, um, and because with my doctor she wanted me with chemotherapy, I could have stopped and done radiation if I was a guy, but they said because I'm a woman they're afraid of breast cancer later on developing. So they're like, well, unless you want to go through that. I'm like, you're telling me not to, so why would I not listen? Did they talk about fertility options? They did. um, That's That's a good thing. Wait, wait, (laughs) let's pause and reflect. That's a good thing. Yes. Um, They said, you know, they can fertilize eggs if they need to as an option. That's my mom's deal. I don't like to (laughs) deal with that. I'm 23. I'm like, no, I don't talk about that yet. But, like, that is an option I can do. I can, they can harvest my eggs and everything, so if I can't get pregnant normally, then I can do that. Good. So that's always that's a good progress. Thing. Yeah, yeah. that's progress. Good deal. Yeah. So now you're, okay, so you're living where now? I'm still living at home. You're living at home, right? In my parents' house, yeah. Yep, cool. <laughs> and so are you back on the job search, or what's the, I actually decided not to go for advertising, which was my major in college was communications, doing advertising. It wasn't right for me with all that I went through, and being around all the kids, I decided to go back to school. I'm actually starting in the fall um, for te- for teaching. I want to do elementary and special ed, and I want to teach kindergarten. Wow. Oh, so cool. I want to definitely work on that. So in the fall, I will be starting classes with that again. Yeah. Good for you. Hard not to have with so many people, and ourselves included, you know, perspective change as you go through something, and suddenly it's like, wait a minute, I'm not sure that I want to pursue that path and so you know well yeah like i remember i was in advertising as a mm-hmm. consequence of my having to change my careers and yeah. i was selling doritos to teenagers there so there are many ter- de- ter- uh, there are many probably taco bell people out there who will not uh enjoy the uh the dorito taco because you won't be helping sell them through advertising true yeah. unfortunately but i don't mind you're disenfranchising teenagers <laughs> with your selfish decision to go back to school and I'm help so children selfish. yes terrible but all right and other than that you got the, but you look great. How you doing? Otherwise. I'm good. I'm getting back to normal life, hanging out with friends, going out every weekend as much as I can, being out of the house. Are you tired? Are you still on? Um, uh... Not as much. I mean, I'm still on one medicine for the next six months, you know, to prevent, like, the strain of pneumonia I may get, they right. say. But other than that, I'm getting back, staying out of the house as much and as long as I can, right. and coming home just to sleep at night like I should be. <laughs> so it's a, a nice success story. We like and what that. do you think, in, and in terms of your lifestyle otherwise, is there anything like diet, you know, or health? I mean, obviously you still eat McDonald's? Go- yeah. <laughs> no, actually, since I've been on treatment, that smell of fast food makes me so nauseous now. Good, that's yeah. the best kind of diet. So, exactly. <laughs> no, but... um. I see a nutritionist, like, because my doctor has warned me. She's like, now that you can't eat Twix and Fritos for lunch because you could eat their, that during chemo and still lose weight, you can't be doing that. So she yeah. warned me. She's like, you know, you want to get your checkups. I don't want to see you 30 pounds heavier. Right. You've lost this weight. Let's yeah. keep it off. Yeah, yeah. So I've been going to the gym, you know, eating healthy as much as I can, you know, every day I get to work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> but wow. living life, that's all that matters. That's good. Good yeah. for you. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And you awesome. were you were in Vegas. How was Vegas, by the way? Amazing. Okay, good. We like that kind Definitely. of Definitely. Are you on the payroll? That's right. You're yeah. At, okay. yeah. I was at the conference. That's right. You're at my the conference. My first one. 
It was awesome. Well, I would imagine you wouldn't have gone, like, before you were diagnosed. Well, That'd yeah. be kind of weird. Hey, you know, like maybe I wanted to hang out. Yeah, right. <laughs> because, it, I mean, did you come across, well, you were saying you were in pediatrics. I mean, in terms of meeting other 20-somethings, that probably didn't really happen. Um, right? Pretty much, no. Yeah. All of, like, any kids that were similar to my age are now going for checkups, which I'm doing. Yeah. But most of the kids were younger than me, which was fine. Yeah. But, like, there are some younger kids that have started that I've seen in the clinic yeah. that like I've given my name and number to because I'm like listen no one's going to understand as much as someone who's actually gone through what you've gone through yeah. right. so I and I started a social like group within the program at Columbia like for to help the kids get through stuff good so just doing that and you know their future stupid cancer rights I was exactly. at, I was at Columbia myself breast cancer but yeah. I was at Columbia and they tried to hook me up with somebody I was 29 and the closest they they found like a 40 year old as yeah. sort of the closest quality. my age quality. To, you know I mean at least they tried right you know but they just couldn't find right. anybody that was you right. know There's that was the closest in age that could they could come but there, yeah. most of the nurses were pretty much my age you yeah. know <laughs> and I didn't I sat in chemo with the old folks for sure. Yeah. But it was, you know, the nurse you was great. The people thing, there were great. You poor thing. What are you doing? Here? <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not complaining now. But it was, you know, it's yeah. just, just, just is what Awkward. it, it is, what, yeah. is what it is, or was what it was. So, anyway, well, thank you, Megan. Megan, thank you. Thank you so great much. to have you Megan's here. Megan's sticking around for the rest of great the show. Great to have your dad so, uh, here yes. as well. Dad, how'd she do? Thumbs up. <laughs> All right, thumbs up from dad. Proud father. <laughs> All right, thank you so thank much. Thank you. All right, let's hit the news here. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. we got to shorten this part. Just dead air. During this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announce to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services that we don't want you missing out on. They're all free, and they're all just for young adults with cancer. We are really happy to let people know that things sort of go on. We're just so happy, Matt. Yes, we're so happy. Conferences, happy hours, retreats, kayaking, mountain climbing trips, finance webinars, college scholarships, bar crawls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. If you have something coming up that you'd like us to spread the word about during this part of the show, send an email to info at stupidcancer.com. That's info at stupidcancer.com. I don't have my script, Matthew. Can you hand that to me? <laughs> oh, fine. You want to read what needs to be said? Head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we certainly do not want you missing out. What's coming up, KK? All right. Thursday, May 3rd, we have a Stupid Cancer Happy Hour in D.C. Metro, followed by a karaoke meetup in New York City on May 14th. And then finally on May 17th, we have a We Spark Young Adult group, and I said finally, but it's not finally, because following that, May 19th and 20th, we have Drumstrong down in North Carolina. Drumstrong. We like that. We do. Good event. All right, presenting the cancer card, the actual cancer card brought to you by Stupid Cancer. Yes, it's an actual plastic credit card uh, worth nothing with an accompanying keychain file because it's time to cash in all those pity chips and milk your diagnosis for all it's worth. Why? Because why not? Play your cancer card. You'll be glad you did. After all, you've earned it. Survivor's Rule, $14.99 for a 10-pack order today, and send us your picks at playthecard.org. All right, everybody, the Stupid Cancer Forums have over 2,500 members. This is your premier online community to, to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. They're really rocking it, Kenny, huh, on those forums. Oh, yeah. Visit stupidcancerforums.com. Sign up with one click through Facebook. And finally, it's time to start the drum before the sixth annual Stupid Cancer Ungala right here in New York City, June 7th at the Taj Lounge in Chelsea. 
$75 open bar, $650 for a 10-pack discount, $25 cash bar. Attention, Tri-State area. Come on, come on for our epic club night of dancing, raffles, and the raw power of Stupid Cancer. Visit Stupid Cancer on Gala today, and that is your... Hold on. What? Hold, please. Kenny? We have an honorable mention. Head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash B-P-C underscore. Oh. Charity. Once again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash B-P-C, Beautiful People's Club underscore charity. Awesome event coming up to benefit stupid cancer. I'll post it in the chat room. Awesome. Well, and that, then, is your Your Stupid stupid Cancer cancer News. news. I like to throw you curveballs. Is that what you call them? I beg your pardon? All right, we've got got another. We have a little bit of a different format because we have another Survivor Spotlight coming up. Yes. All right. Rachel Sutliff is currently a healthy 31-year-old woman, but at age 24, her opera career came to a screeching halt due to a diagnosis of stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Through a rigorous chemo schedule, many hours of physical therapy, and lots of prayer, Rachel was declared in remission in September 2006 and has been healthy ever since. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Heather. I'm sorry, Heather. Heather. It's not yet, Heather. It's Rachel, damn it, Rachel Sutliff. Rachel, hello. How are you? I'm sure you've been called much worse. (laughs) I like that. I might incorporate that. Rachel, damn it, Sutliff. (laughs) Awesome. So we're having a battle of the Hodgkins tonight. Yes. Yes. Non versus Hodgkin it non out. non. That's right. Yeah. But both stage four. Yeah. We should so ask you, them what they think of the the dropping of the S. Yeah. Are you aware of this? The the Leukemia Lymphoma Society has officially decided uh, to drop the pluralization of Hodgkins. I did not know that. It's now called Hodgkin lymphoma. Their, their tweets were 141 characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Hodgkin and non Hodgkin. Lymphoma or disease. It's always confused me, so thanks for clearing that so up. So the possessiveness of the disease has now been depossessified. Interesting. And because, singularified. I mean, it, because it, it, Hodgkin is a person who founded it, correct? Well, yeah, the disease was possessive. It's his disease, right. Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. Hmm. But now it's called Hodgkin. We were, we were scolded by Leukemia Lymphoma <laughs> Society uh, for, for pluralizing it when everyone else on the planet did it except them. You don't want to get in trouble with them. No, you don't. It was named no. after Thomas Hodgkin, who first described abnormalities in the lymph system in 1832, according to Wikipedia. To the Wikipedia! Exactly. Very nice. Anyway, so it's a Hodgkin's, Hodgkin smackdown. Yes, Hodgkin smackdown. All right, so you were a healthy 31-year-old woman. She was 22. You were 29. I was 21. Mm-hmm. What's with these twenty-somethings getting cancer? Yeah, I was I was twenty-four when oh, I was right. diagnosed. Right, right. You're currently healthy, twenty-one. You were twenty-four. Yes. What's with these twenty-somethings getting cancer? Anyway. And on your way to becoming an opera singer, or you were an opera singer. I was. You are, you are an opera singer. I'm well, not I'm, anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Similar to what Megan was talking about, cancer kind of shakes yeah. things up. But sure. Yeah, I had finished my master's degree, and where, where was that? Uh, Temple University in oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, sure. And had booked a contract with Arizona Opera. I was on their outreach tour. Wow. And I had contracts lined up with Anchorage Opera in Alaska and some gigs in Baltimore. And it all came crashing down. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually on tour 
and it's not as glamorous as it sounds. You know, we traveled by van everywhere and loaded and unloaded our own sets and slept in a different hotel room every night. What was the name of the tour, the troupe? It was Arizona Opera. Wow. Okay. And you had to unload the sets? Yeah, we were the outreach tour, so. Which means? All over the state trying to educate the state of Arizona about this. So couldn't get some Teamsters for you to yeah. unload the sets? <laughs> Are you a mezzo? I am oh, a mezzo. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a concert pianist. I'm a music snob. I major in music. Yeah. yeah. Mezzo. Yeah. Did you sing this? <laughs> you know You're is? giving her a test? Can you identify this? I don't. It's Mozart. Ah. I haven't sung that. This is Papageno from the Magic Flute. One of the hardest duets in all of opera. It's beautiful. Kenny, they're they're culturing us out of our brain. We don't get too many now opera singers. Now it's, a, now it's an opera smackdown. We don't get too many opera singers. <laughs> yeah. But our, our story is very similar in that our, our cancer was career-ending for yeah. us, and we were both musicians and artists. Yeah. So talk us through that. So, you know, on tour... It was stressful, yeah. for sure. It was definitely stressful. And I started feeling pain in my hip and my side and not in my back. And so I tried yoga and chiropractors right. and aspirin, and none of it was working. Uh, so did, finally... Did you take Robitussin? Any chance? I didn't try Robitussin. Okay. I mean, I don't think it would have helped, okay. given what we know now. <laughs> I was given Robitussin. So it didn't work either. So yeah. you, you probably Amazing. made the right choice, not choosing it from the shelf. Okay. Yeah, so uh, eventually I made my way to an urgent care clinic because my pain was pretty urgent. And, um, you know, they talked about my lifestyle and determined that I was just stressed out and prescribed some narcotics. It was all in your head, right? It was all in your head. Yeah, absolutely. Your fault. So I took narcotics and still had a lot of pain. (laughs) Um, And one day the pain in my back was I mean, excruciating. I was not functioning. I would. We had two shows every day. I was able to do the two shows, and that was it. You know, I had to lie on my back the rest of the day. Um, so eventually, I asked one of the castmates to take me to the emergency room. Of course, that's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, you know, you're just stressed out. Here's some stronger narcotic. Yeah. <laughs> which also did nothing. Yeah. Right. So, so you're just whacked out of your brain now, but your back still hurts. Yeah. yeah. And you know, not. Forming complete sentences. Well, there's, no, there's nothing worse than being in pain than being drunk and in pain. <laughs> okay. And trying to sing opera at the same yeah. time. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, so eventually I fessed up to my mom, who was um, in Florida, which is where I grew up, and said, you know, I haven't been feeling well, and I didn't really want to tell you, but it's kind of serious. So we decided I needed to take a break from the tour, go to where she was living in Florida, and get things checked out by someone who could. Did you have an understudy? I didn't. They had oh, to wow. hire someone. Oh, wow. They had to okay. bring somebody else in. Well, that's yeah. their problem. Yeah, they took care of it. Okay. Everything worked out. So how was this career ending? Um, in short, it doesn't provide health insurance. Yes. Huh. So I was really fortunate. At 24, I was at the tail end of being able to be on my mom's health insurance. And I was otherwise completely healthy. I mean, I never used the insurance. I never went to the doctor, and it was like, you know why she zero to sixty in one second? Yeah, she yeah. couldn't figure out why she was paying for it every month, but for some reason she kept me on, and you know, thankfully she did because wow. go mom. Yeah, so that's interesting. When you have a career in the arts like that, you don't. There's no. I mean, are, do some ca- national companies have health insurance plans, or 
How does that generally work? I'm just as an aside. I I don't think in the opera world anyway it's yeah. very common because essentially you're an you're an independent contractor. Right, right. So you know that contract was for four months and then I was moving on to another company. Yeah. Um, so maybe when you're Renee Fleming, you can pay for your own uh, <laughs> insurance. But prior to that, it's a bit tough. Yeah. It's a bit question, costly. Question yeah. from the chat room. What is your favorite opera? Um, my favorite opera to sing? Uh, yeah, I guess that's a, a split question. Your yeah. favorite opera to, to listen to or to, to be a part of? So I really like Rossini. He favored mezzos and gave us lead roles. So um, in his version of Cinderella, Cenerentola, uh the Cinderella character is a mezzo, which is rare because oftentimes mezzos are relegated to the pants roles. And the Viking hats. Yeah, well, that happens too. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as like entertainment value, I really enjoy Puccini operas. Um, I love La Boheme. I recommend that when people ask me, like, what should I see as my first opera? Um, All right, then the question, the snobby question is, do you consider Gilbert and Sullivan operas? I love Gilbert okay. and Sullivan. <laughs> All right, that's a snobby question. I, I come from a musical theater background, so, okay. yeah. Are you good with patter? I can't do patter. Never could do patter. Uh, with a lot of practice. I am the very model of a modern major general. You'd make a great modern major general. <laughs> I think we should do a stupid cancer production yes. of the Pirates of Pennsylvania. That would be cool. That's okay. So... Now, but did the treatment affect your voice at all or no? No, it really didn't. So you didn't affect your talent, your ability to sing. It's just the health insurance that prevented you from pursuing the career. Yeah, and, you know, over the course of treatments and physical therapy and all the tests and just sitting around waiting, um, I just had this epiphany, like, you know what? This isn't as satisfying as I thought it would be. Another aha moment. Yeah, let me maybe see what might be more life-giving for me. So just kind of decided it'll always be a huge part of my life. And right. I've gotten some amazing opportunities, but it's not, you know, this career that I'm chasing after anymore. So what did you kind of, have you segued into another path? I have and quite tell us about a that. different path. It's, um, it's quite interesting. <laughs> Raise yourself. Ooh, she now plays for the NFL. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was on steroids for my treatment. And... <laughs> now, um, so... I moved back to Philadelphia when when I got better and just needed a job with health insurance. And so I got this amazing opportunity. I worked at the Art Institute of Philadelphia with fashion marketing students. And I did that for four and a half years. Um, But while I was working there, I decided that I wanted to go to seminary. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I attended seminary for three years, and I have been a pastor for a little over a year now. That's where the prayer part would come in. Yes. In your bio. Yes. (laughs) Lots of prayer. Wow. (laughs) And do you sing as a pastor? It's very tranquil stuff. (laughs) It is. I'm falling asleep over here. (laughs) And what, what... church would be or is it um, you, yeah is it's, it a, it's vineyard community church west philly huh and i'm the associate pastor there and so what is that denomination is it's so vineyard churches exist all over the world i think there's like 1200 of them across the world um it's a protestant church huh. um and yeah they all it's not technically a denomination right um, it's an association of churches uh so we share common values but Depending on where the church is that you attend, it's going to be different. So right. there's one here in New York. The North Brooklyn Vineyard meets in a bar on Sunday nights. That's my kind of church. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> we meet in um, a private school. We rent out the space on Sunday Wait, morning. Is, is it Unitarian or is it, speci- it's is it Protestant, Catholic, Protestant Christian? Okay, okay, okay. 
But, but it does sound like it has some Unitarian flavor, yeah. in a sense. But it's we, yeah, we're very inclusive. Yeah, and seven sacraments, three sacraments, seven <laughs> sacraments. Fuck you. Pretty sure they don't say that. No, yeah, I don't think that's ever. I want to get divorced. Church of England. <laughs> I'm a. De- I'm actually have, was dedicated as a Unitarian, technically. And Kenny's a minister. Yeah. No, yeah, I well, the, de- the Church of the Internet. <laughs> dedicated is their Many word for people baptized. worship there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> At the throne of the Google. Most of all. Yes. Yes. The triple X sect. Well, I want to go back to your, your treatments, though. I mean, I mean, Megan, obviously, and I were in, uh, as pediatrics, even though we were 20-somethings, were you in an adult care clinic? I was. Uh, so, similar to Lisa, I was surrounded by people, you know, three times my age, if not, if not older. Right. People were very confused to see me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you were visiting your grandma. Yeah, getting like, treatment. why right. is she sitting down? What's happening? Yes. So were you introduced at all to any young adult? Pro- I mean, this was 2006, so we weren't in existence yet. But they were, they were a smattering of some young adult organizations back then. Yeah, at the time, I mean, I I searched all over the internet and found some like message boards and stuff, but there was really nothing going on for me um, in Florida at the time. Right. Since then, I've connected with. Lots of people and um, how did we connect? I forget how we connected. I forget how we connected too. I think I just found you guys and liked you on Facebook and right reached you, out. And you 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 reached out after the Vegas summit because we had a panel yes. on spirituality. Next how amazing! Time. Yes, next year. Yeah, next year. it was it was a big hit this year. Good. So, did going through your treatment um, did that sort of guide you towards the spiritual had you been spiritual before was it all kind of came together after you went through your treatment i was i was definitely spiritual beforehand um it gave me mm, it's tricky to talk about it gave me a new appreciation um like worshiping god was totally different as someone whose life was maybe you know being threatened right um it's a totally different experience yeah. and so it definitely changed some of my paradigms for how I thought about God and, you know, at the afterlife, for sure. For the first time, I really had to think about that seriously. Um, yeah. And my family, um, my family's always been spiritual, but I didn't grow up, like, in a Christian household. Um, so that was actually a really interesting story, too. And through all of this, my mom and my brother are now like yay Jesus too <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So 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 this is your career for now or or you see yourself living as the pastor yeah. Young adult survivor. This is really my dream job. That's awesome. I feel weird. You do this full time. I do. Yeah. I feel really weird. Like even my dentist is like, So do you want your own church someday? And does that, I mean does that work that way? I'm not gonna There's like a waiting list to get into I could like plant a church where you know Are where there there's a seeds? need for church. Yeah, church, <laughs> church, church, yeah, a <laughs> packet just yeah. waiting. The church of Rachel. That's right. Yeah, but I I really love what I do and I am passionate about West Philly where we are. So I could see myself in this this position for the rest of my life. That's really awesome. Yeah, and and, and the world needs more female pastors. I'm well, all I for think that. the world needs I more empowered so women to begin with. There's here, more here. on women in this country going on now. Yes. Yeah. So. Good for you. Kudos. Thanks. Another success story. We like success stories. Big time. All right. Well, you're, you're not. You live in Jersey. Philadelphia. Well, no. I mean, Philadelphia. did you listen to the show? I don't listen. <laughs> what did I say at the did top of the hour? Did you pay attention? I don't listen to anything. 
<laughs> no, I, you know what? Because I filed you in the Jersey folder in my entourage instead of in the Philly folder in the entourage. So. No file. We're very Jersey different. Folder. But, but yeah. you know, I was going to say, like, I, Jersey is better than Long Island. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Philly's pretty cool. Kenny and I have been to Philly a couple of times. Yeah, what was it? The, uh, the Union League of Philadelphia. We're the yes. Union League. Wow, yeah. you guys are fancy. We were chilling. Well, nice. we, we, we walked in there in jeans by accident. Yeah. And, you know, like, we had to go in the back door like shame-filled. Yeah. Like, like the, uh, we were like the wait staff. Yeah. <laughs> really bad. Like, come use our service elevator with yes. your jeans. Mm. Yeah, it was terrible. Nobody warned you guys. No, no, no. no. But I actually, I'm growing to like Philly, so that's awesome. It's a great place. And honestly, the, I love Florida. I grew up in Florida. I got great treatment in Florida. But the whole time I was back there, I was like... I cannot wait to be back in Philly. Nice. So. Yeah. Awesome. It's a cool town. Well, you're sticking around, too, for the end of the show, so thank you so much for uh, for coming up. My pleasure. Uh, take the train or you drive? The train. Okay, the train's much better we've than had, We've had a lot of Temple University people on the show, I feel like. Temple? Yes. Alma mater of Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby's on the show? <laughs> Next week, right? Next week. Yeah. Pushing his product. <laughs> I can't even Jello do a Bill Cosby impression. I know. I don't know if I can do a Jello pudding pop, but that's an old one. All right, well, Everybody here is too young to even remember so are, that. So are you Reverend Sutcliffe? People just Sutcliffe? call me Rachel. I preached yesterday, and everybody introduced me as Ray because they're all friends with me, and that's just what they call me. So Rev, like, Rev Ray? Yeah, uh, sure. That's like Rachel I like Ray. Give me your Twitter hashtag, Rev yeah. Ray. I like it. Hopefully okay. it's not taken. I'm going to buy it and then I'll sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You get the big, big applause. Another Megan and Rachel, great spotlights. And, Rachel, and we've spotlight. never taken our spotlights all the way to where the show's almost over. No, no, no. But so let's do our transition. Our other, let's get some uh, our other transition music little, here. Little musical chairs. All right, Kenny, Whoa. tell us. Tell us. Uh, I need my script. I need my script. <laughs> What are you going to do? You want to do one of those, Kenny? Yeah, you, you can do uh, together. All right. I feel so important right now. Go for it. Great. All right. Kimberly Novosel is the owner of creative marketing firm KMN Consulting and co-founder of charity event planning group Giving Back is the New Black. Lovely little group of down in Nashville, Tennessee. She was based in Nashville, Tennessee, but is currently located in New York. Woo! She's a reader, writer, a Steelers fan, a kickboxer, and a young adult cancer advocate, so don't mess with her. Uh, all right. LB. That was an abrupt, that was an abrupt yes. ending there. Was, so don't mess with her. It was a car accident. So don't mess with her. Heather Anderson, a recent transplant to New York. Well, what happened to the music? Oh, oh, you, man. Took too, music? you took too damn long. Me? What are you talking about? Kenny, um, Kenny took too long. A recent transplant to New York. Heather Anderson is a singer-slash-actor who just finished a run of shows at the Roxy Regional Theater in Nashville. We have a lot of performers on the show tonight. She's a co-founder, also, of Giving Back as a New Black, and she's a self-proclaimed gym rat yoga wannabe. She's yogi wannabe. Yogi oh, yogi. yogi I was like, she can just do yoga. Why is she, why is she a wannabe? There's yoga classes all over the place. A yogi wannabe, a vinyl collector nice, and a high heel aficionado. Matt, you like that? Oh yeah, big time, big time. <laughs> that's all my, right. Yeah. Kimberly Novacell and Heather Anderson. That's my secret single behavior. Dear human resources. Oh boy. Yeah. Are we supposed to say hi y'all or hi all y'all? Hi all y'all. All y'all. All y'all. All y'all. I don't know what's right. proper. I feel so educated now. <laughs> you are so smart. S M R T. S M R T. S M R T. All right. Well, let's get into the our first date. Our first date. Our first date. Our so, first date. Uh, well, 
initially, uh, I witnessed firsthand a lot of what we've heard from Rachel and Megan. I had a friend, I uh, went to Belmont University in Nashville, we both did, Heather and I, and um, my friend Phil was diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer. He was a musician, and his treatment damaged his vocal cords, so I watched his whole life change. Then right out of college, I worked with a girl who was a publicist in New York, had to move home to Nashville uh, with breast cancer to live with her parents and go through her treatment, had to give up her whole life. So I saw that happen twice in front of me and, uh, and saw these people's lives be interrupted, and I was angered by it, but didn't really get involved until Enter Heather, and you took me to see um, a friend of ours, Sarah, at Belmont, um, had cancer and had a, an event. And uh, at the event, she mentioned, I'm too young for this and a little bit about what you guys did, and I said, that's, that's the thing, I have, to, I have to get involved, and they're doing what, what I knew someone needed to do, and I called and left a voicemail on whatever phone number was on the website, right. and you called me back almost immediately, <laughs> so there we were. Was that 2008 or 2009? Early 08, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's like money? Where? <laughs> no, like you were one of our first biggest fans, and, and I think it... it <laughs> But it set the stage for everything that we talk about here. Now, I mean, we're called Stupid Cancer now, but the evolution of how the youth, the young adult world, was embracing the idea of a cancer organization just for young adults. All y'all youth. All y'all youth. <laughs> all y'all youth. Um, and, and I think you, were, you guys were, again, early adopters in believing that we could be that organization that would serve your friends' needs when other groups are doing great stuff, but maybe it's not the right fit for those kind of people. Right, and we've loved seeing it happen. It's awesome. So, you, yeah, you've been witness to four years of, of incredible progress. Yeah. And you have been supporting four years of incredible progress. Yes. So so I'll turn it over to Lisa. Well, I wanted to ask, um, Heather, tell us about the I'm Still Beautiful uh, benefits. Because you sort of first started with that, is that right? Sure, the evolution, yes. evolution That was of our what first date. Have, have yes, done. that yeah. was. That, yeah. was, that was our first big thing for giving uh, back. Gosh, giving back to New Black wasn't even a, a thing at that point. We just knew we wanted to do an event, and uh, we wanted it to benefit. Um, I'm too young for this. And I'm So Beautiful kind of came about because um, Carrie Hickman, who is also a co-founder who's still in Nashville, works for um, an agency in town, and so she's got kind of a music background. I'm a singer, and Kimberly did some music video and styling for a long time, so we knew at the heart of it, and Nashville's a music city. That's what we wanted it to be. So we started just kind of, gosh, booking bands and booking the venue, and uh, we ended up doing um, all cancer survivors. It ended up being a rock show, concert show, fashion show. and um, with, with a catwalk. With a catwalk. Yes. And local designers and um, everybody that walked was cancer survivors or had somebody that was close to them that was a cancer survivor, and Bands played and we Rob, partied. It was magic. Rob, we party. Rob from the Blacklist Royals. That's what I was going to say. The Blacklist Royals were part of that, weren't yes. they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was the first time Nashville ever had identified its sort of youth culture to rally around a youth culture cancer issue. And all the people that got incredibly what, dolled up, is that the expression? Yeah. Good enough. Yeah, dolled up. Like the makeup was extraordinary. The, the outfits were extraordinary. It was, it was the, just it was inc it blew me away that again the signpost that young people could relate to our organization in that capacity. Right, it blew us away too. We didn't know what to expect, and um, and like Heather said, giving back to New Black didn't exist yet. Right. But after that event, we looked at each other and went, "We've got to do this again. We yeah. have, we have, this is a thing. Like mm -hmm. we have, we're running with this." And so how did you then evolve it into giving back as the New Black? What was it that process? Uh, we had ideas for other events, different organizations we wanted to be involved with, um, doing things kind of across the board, whether it's, um, you know, children in Africa or 
a local clinic called Faith Family Medical Clinic that we love in Nashville that does um, health care for the working uninsured. So we said, we started reaching out to them. We can do a brunch for you. We can do a wine night for you. We can do you know, a cocktail party with a DJ. And, and uh, we loved doing I'm Still Beautiful so much, we created more of those events. Cool. Yeah. Until you sort of branded yourself into this giving black, back as the new black. Yeah, so we consider yeah. ourselves to be like event planning volunteers, basically. We're not, you know, we're not a nonprofit. We're just girls who throw parties. <laughs> <laughs> for good causes. Yeah. But you have day jobs. We do, yeah. So what do you do for a living now? Um, I run a marketing company called KMN Consulting, and it's... Um, Which would creative. be your initials, I'm guessing. It is, yes, that's yeah. right. Um, and it's creative marketing. So online, I do some events also. I did a book tour um, earlier this year that was a lot of fun, so... And Heather? I am a singer slash actor uh, in New York, kind of a glorified cater waiter, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you guys, uh, and your recent transplants? We've yeah. been in here New York, one right? month. Woo! Amazing. One month, yeah. And are you still sort of running now with your third uh, founder of, of Black of the New? GB. Yeah, yeah. ITNB. We try to Yeah, giving back is the new black. New kids on the block. She's still in Nashville, so you guys are doing it still remotely from New York. How does that work? Um, Our website, givingbackisthenewblack.com, has um, a calendar, so a list of events, and there's a blog there where we're promoting other events that are happening, um, mostly in Nashville, but elsewhere also if something comes across to us. So um, even if we're not the three of us together planning some events, we're still we're still involved and we're still encouraging people to give back any way they can, young adults. We think this is a movement, and we want we want people to know it, be a part of it. Clearly, yeah. clearly. So I guess the question then becomes, you know, the uh, the two lovely young women who are in the spotlight tonight, you know, uh, Lisa and I, we had cancer, and our whole life was sort of transformed, and our careers changed, and our perspectives changed. You guys are an example of you don't have to go through that ridiculous kind of crap personally to believe that you can make a difference and, and do something with your life that's positive. Are you in your 20s, both of you? Yes. So that's a great example of how we're, you know, you're, you're disproving all the statistics that this is a selfish, narcissistic, self-entitled generation. You're doing great work. Do you feel like you're setting a model for this? Have you fi- found other people looking to you for how do I do this now? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. I mean, we're constantly getting Facebook um, you know, messages or Twitter messages or how can we be involved, how can we get involved. And, you know, so many of us um, are artists. And so for me it was really the whole not having health insurance. How, how do we not have health insurance? And we <laughs> right. keep putting this off and nobody's getting checkups. And, but, gosh, you can go to your gym and get a $20 membership with free tanning. I'm like, yeah. what? Right. Are you kidding? Is this a gym? Um, Welcome to New York. Right? Yay! Um, yeah, so it's just we. so many people have reached out. So many people have been passionate and wanted to give back in ways that weren't necessarily monetary. Well, that's the point. Like like the, the idea, you know, we are not a generation of disposable income. Sure. So what can we do with our time that gives us meaning and purpose? So, you know, you, you uh, sort of were initially influenced by your friends who had had cancer, but right. now you're, you're doing great stuff for even non-cancer charities. Yes, and the magic word for me is talent. Uh, we even claim that we don't have the time. We say we're so busy, you know, in everything that we're doing these days. Um, and, and like you said, with money, those are excuses not to give back. But the truth is we are all talented, and a lot of us are, you know, you're seeing in our generation we're doing five different things in a day or, you know, three different jobs or hobbies and uh, what you really need to do is look at those and say, how can I use one of these things, one of my talents, one of my passions, and use that to give back. So there's you know, the graphic designer who does the poster for the event. There are the performers. There's the girl who made the cupcakes. Right. Um, 
There is always a way to be involved. Look at your look at your talent. Look at your passion. Right. Lise? I'm just. So I want to go back to more. We have in the chat room here. Ca- cancer peeps are the most creative artistic people. I'm just. That's our good friend Scott Slater, yeah. Slaterama there in the chat room. That, um, and saying, by peeps, he means advocates. Right. Right. Because Kenny is not creative at all. Right. Nor have I had cancer. <laughs> I'm just the uh, the ginger piece of shit in the room. Yeah. Um, but what motive? Why did you guys move to New York? I mean, you wanted to Heather just pursue your dream because this is New York, and they weren't paying yes. enough rent. Right. I, exactly. Right. I wanted a smaller room and more rent. I thought that's the dream. Yeah. Where do I go? <laughs> ding ding ding. You yeah. want nine yeah. roommates <laughs> and two rooms? Exactly. You struck gold. The quadra beds. Yes. And you couldn't wait to ride the New York City subway. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Love the subway. The but tenth, this isn't your first time the here. The tenth You've circle been here of hell. No, yeah, we've yeah. been here several times. And um, right. love New York. Always kind of knew I wanted to live here, and so just made the leap. Okay. Good for yeah. you. For Heather, it's definitely a career thing for me. I can work from anywhere, and I love New York, and I also tend to gravitate toward things that intimidate me or scare me. I like a challenge. <laughs> so New York was, of the places I considered moving when I thought I would move, New York was the one that scared me the most, and so I did it. I remember <laughs> your, your tour. Yes. We took you on a tour, right? Yeah. No, no, her her personal tour. Which how, how many cities did you go to? Uh, we did 20 cities on the book tour I was on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 20 cities in 30 days. What was the book that you were promoting? Um, it's called Take the Stairs. The author is Rory Vaden, and it is about um, not taking the easy way out. It's about avoiding procrastination and working harder and doing the better thing. I'll get to it one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great book. It was a lot of fun to be a part of it. But also, you you moved here because your favorite cancer charity is here. That's right. That Number one. Number, number one. one. Number one reason. Because it's all about me and Kenny. If she, if she can't make rent, she'll just move in here. What yeah. about me? We, no, no, it's no. all about you and Kenny. Lisa doesn't matter. We talked place. about that. I told Kenny I might be sleeping on the couch this first month. No, that that's I'm okay. Here. It's a very comfortable couch. <laughs> Just lock the door. There's no tough. showers here either. So. Yeah. so what would you say? You guys seem very entrepreneurial. I mean, you started your own organization here. You've got your own, um, you know, Kimberly, you have your own PR marketing firm, and you guys are so young. To other young people out there who really want to do something, whether it's entrepreneurial, it's, you know, um, nonprofit related, it's cause related, how do you sort of get over the hump of, I have this idea, I'd love to do something, to putting it to action, what would your recommendations be? Uh, well, like I did, talk to your friends. You know, I, I approached Heather and Carrie, my two best friends, and said, I want to do this, and they didn't say you're crazy. Instead, they said, yeah, let's help. And um, and that gave me the power to do it because I had their help and their support. Well, there's an old saying, people don't give to causes, people give to people. Right. And that someone's more likely to care about us because you care about us rather than me saying, please give to us. And that's why I believe, like, the... the um, the, the the benefits in Nashville were just so you had like hundreds of people come out of the woodwork to we those did. things and I, like I would challenge any other event in Nashville except maybe a football game you know you do a football team down there right yeah okay I would well we don't know we're Steelers fans okay that's right <laughs> they don't matter right. well, we got we got we got a Pennsylvania in the house so who is it the Tennessee no, Titans Philly she's Philly yeah, yeah. she's Philly that. but that's Pittsburgh yeah. right no. No, no, the Steelers are... Steelers are Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. but she's Philly, so she's the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Hey, look, I knew a sports fact. I could believe you got that. <laughs> I think you just lost weight. <laughs> despite, despite not taking the stairs. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. Um, but again, it goes back to the idea, you know, your friends just said, I'm on board because you care about this. It's right. not like, you know, I run a cancer organization, please help us because we do this great work. You know, like, you, we're helping this organization because we believe in it, please help us help them. Yes. So so in terms of, like, again, back to Lisa's question, what would be your message to someone besides listen to your friends? What drives, do they have to have a firsthand experience 
with this, or do you feel it's like an inherent thing, or an, an, is it built into you to want to give back, or or people just get plugged out of the selfish matrix by accident? Um, I think it's built in, but I think opportunity is a big part of it. You may not know that you have that urge until something hits you in the heart, and and then you realize, oh wow, I I have I have so much to give, and I want to, and I didn't know that yesterday. Right. Yeah. And then you start talking to your friends, and you start. Uh, meeting new people. I've, I've exponentially met new people since I started doing this kind of work because everybody has somebody they want you to meet. You know, oh, oh, so-and-so owns a restaurant, and they can probably help meet them. And, and it's, it's that's been one of the best rewards of doing what we do. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Here in New York, what we've never had is a cancer fashion show. Oh, well, now wow. might be the time. Here we are. <laughs> Kenny looks really good in a tux, I'll tell you that. Kenny, will you model for us? I will. Awesome. I, thought you, I thought you were going to say he looks good in a gown. Yeah. <laughs> no, Lisa looks I was good. hoping you were going to say that. Yeah. Lisa in a ball gown, Kenny in a tux. I will pay to see that. Or we can re- do a little reversal. We can we can challenge I'm, gender I'm, I'm game. <laughs> yeah. and roles. Our gender we, we bending. We want to come to the ungala, but I hear it's not fancy because it's the ungala. Well, you can dress nice, but it's not a black tie. Like. We we've never done a black. We're not black tie ice luge people. Well, I might I might wear my gown just because. You can, okay. You can make Kimberly the black tie. Stand if you want to plan a, a, a vodka ice luge cancer runway for us, we'll work with you <laughs> on that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's There's talk. no let's short talk. supply of people in the city that would would show up and pay bank to go to that. All right. We're gonna yeah. do it. All right. Okay. Good. Wow. So what's the I I have to ask the the singer actor. So what's the what's the what's the scenario? You see, so you moved to the big city, and how has that been? Just not cancer related, but just because yeah, that's your career related here. I mean, what is that? I, I'm always amazed for people who pick up and just come, particularly in that field. Like I am amazed as well. I mean, really, <laughs> what, what is, what, I mean, it's such a difficult thing to do. Her so lenders are it, amazed. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, for me, I think. I don't know, I had sort of a transformative year, and it was kind of that thing where I thought, you know, who's going to stop me from doing this myself? So right. I kind of just picked up, literally put everything in two suitcases that weigh the sum total of my weight and have been dragging them <laughs> nice. through the city for the past month. It's exhilarating, and it's terrifying, and it's extremely gratifying. Do you have an agent? Did you have leads here or connections here? No, or did you I have and- some friends, but I literally picked up, and I've gone to several auditions, some of which have texted during my audition, some of which have really liked me. So um, it's, it's an interesting, amazing time. Wow. Good yeah. for you. Thank you. They have some damn gumption, these girls. Yeah. I haven't texted during this, this portion of the show. Thank you so much. I really you, appreciate you're good. that. You're good. But you are on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I can Instagram, and then I can tag you. That's not like a chorus this line or Rachel, something. Yeah. Is it a chorus line? It's good. Yeah. I hope I get it. Jesse's yes, got I hope I get yes, it. it oh, is. wow, yeah. <laughs> God, I hope I get it, right. I hope it's I you, Rachel. Matt, you're coming back as a woman. Funny. So good. I want to hear it that way. Here we go, ready? <laughs> if you're listening to this show, send help. <laughs> By the way, this show came out before most of our listeners were born. That is true. <laughs> but the movie is excellent. And the movie and stars is excellent. Michael Douglas in a fine oh role. <laughs> okay. We're done. <laughs> I had to. You're an aspiring artist in this yeah. city. Come on. That's the greatest show on earth. True. Are we done? We are close to being done. Can I go home now? My kids it's are getting warm in the studio now. It, it, was nice and, it was nice and... Um, it's Kenny. No, yeah. Kenny's giving off a... 
something. Yeah, what? <laughs> anyway, this is a great. We have lots of strong, empowered women on this show, this which is, is what great, I love. This is a great show. Strong, this empowered. This has been an all-female Rasta House yes. evening. My testosterone is dwindling. <laughs> Overpowered. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you guys for coming down. Uh, well, you're not coming down. You live here now. Right. So walking across the street into our studio couple trains, from your, couple from your uh, six roommate, one bedroom, yes. you know, half studio alcove thing. We're still living out of two suitcases. Okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't tell you how happy I am. Of all the people in the country who love us and do great stuff for us that moved to New York, you guys. Extraordinary. So great to awesome. have you here. Thank you for yep. having us. All right, then. We have uh, Kimberly, and I will say Novosel just because it will bother you. Kimberly Novosel <laughs> and Heather Anderson, thank you so much for coming on the Stupid Cancer Show. GivingBackIsTheNewBlack.com. Right. Good and, stuff. And now it is time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet. you ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, everybody, that is tonight's show. That's number two, two, three, if you can believe it. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. We'd like to thank our guests, well, Mr. Kenny Kane. Megan Wiener, Rachel Sutler, Kimberly Novercell, and Heather Anderson, and our special in-studio guests, Greg Stevens from the CML Society, Matt Beckett, and Jeffrey Wiener. Papa Jeffrey. All right, everybody, next week, join us on May 7th, when we're going to talk about life after treatment. Joining us is Barbara Goldby. Barbara Goldby, excuse me, she's a clinical social worker at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center here in New York City. Penny Damascus, she's director of the Resources for Life After Cancer, also at Memorial Sloan Kettering. And kicking it off, our good friend Emily Cousins in the Survivor Spotlight, young adult breast cancer survivor, and she's a contributor to our Stupid Cancer blog. If you've missed any of our past shows, all 222 of them. Download them all for free on iTunes at iTunes.stupidcancer.com or check out the archives anytime at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Lisa Bernhardt, myself, and our whole team here at the Stupid Cancer Show, have a great week. We'll see you all back here next Monday live at 8 p.m. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Good night, folks.